When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Causeway Street Podcast. Uh, we're here in Causeway Street Studios. A little, little upset, a little down in the dumps from what happened. I think everyone's uh, still aware by now. You know, Game 6 is over and done with, and we're going to get into this recap the Celtics season. But I'm your host today, again, because Sway's MIA and wherever the hell he is right now. But my name's Dutra. I'm here with Joel. Sway will be joining us later, but we've got a lot to talk about today. So, first off, the Celtics, we lose in Game 6. Game 6, six-game series against the Atlanta Hawks. Final, you know, final, final score of Game 6, 104-92. Sort of a disappointing way to end the season at home. After you showed so much signs of life at home, it's, it, it, it's really a tough way to, to, way to look at, a, at such a promising season. See it end like that and not really a competitive manner. Uh, so, I mean, we're going to get into that. Also, you know, sort of get into what happened in that series. Not only just looking at game six, the failures in game six, but overall in the series. I mean, I think that the Celtics showed a lot of weaknesses, holes that need to be filled. I think we'll talk about that. And, you know, is this season a disappointment with the first round exit? So, we're going to get into all of that uh, Get and also uh, look ahead, you know, look at the greener pastures. So, Joel, um, I'll bring you in here. So, so game six, uh, I don't know how, how to say it, but what, what, what the hell happened? <laughs> game six, um, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way. I mean, if you didn't, if you didn't, if you didn't um, listen. I mean, an- another, another hole to climb out of. Well, yeah, yeah. Literally and figuratively. Yeah, I mean, mentally, and it's just it takes a toll on you after being being down in double digits five out of the six games. So, um, I didn't expect that to happen in Game Six at home. Right. If if they if the Celtics were going to go down, it was it was going to be on the road because they just it couldn't figure you couldn't figure out the Hawks. Well, I Atlanta. think that's the part that that hurts, uh, you know, or not hurts or stings the most. You know what I mean? Looking at the Celtics team, very easy to root for all year, right? I mean, they were one of the easiest to watch teams because you knew they never were out of it. But in the in the playoffs, it seemed like it just seemed like everything that they would do, except those two games at home, those two games at home, Game Three and Game Four. They really showed you what type of team they were, but coming back and laying eggs in, in game five, I mean, that, that game was pitiful. We all thought they were going to come back home and, and play like they did in games three and game four, uh, game three and game four, but it just didn't happen. I mean, and we were left feeling like, you know, what, what was that? <laughs> you know, you lose, so you end up, you end up losing the game in a much closer score. Than what it actually was, one hundred four ninety two was the final score. I mean, they got down by twenty eight points. At, at yeah, in the third. 
Yeah, and and the only reason why it was like it was that close is basically because they were trying to chip away at the end, even. But let's face it, it was it, it, the 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 damage was done. Yeah, yeah, it was done. And, it was and done. I'm, I'm I'm not saying that they had a shot to win that game, but they they looked respectable towards the end. But you know, Jay Crowder hitting a couple of threes that were probably uh. Two quarters too late, right? Or two, and, or uh, maybe four games too late. Yeah, I yeah, mean, you're right. I don't know. So that that's I guess brings us to our next point. So like, game six was a dud. They laid an egg straight down. We can go through the stats. We can go through what happened. They laid a they laid an egg in game six. Game five as well, but yeah. Oh, game five is even worse. Yeah. <laughs> but it was in Atlanta, so it was like okay, all right. We'll find you know you're gonna lose game five. Fine, we'll come back the game worst, six, bring it to game seven. The worst loss in franchise history. Yeah. For the Celtics in so, game five. So, yeah. So, so you, you would expect a lot better in game six. You expected them to come back home, feel confident, feel like they can win, but no, nothing happened like that. But that brings me to my next point. So, we look at the series as a whole from the Celtics' point of view. You go into the go into the series. I had the Celtics in five. I know that was very ambitious. But that was a – that was – me, I, I guess the reason why I had that is because they, I had confidence in this team that they were going to be able to really compete with the Hawks to make sure that, you know, I didn't, I didn't think the Hawks were that much of a better team. I still don't think they're that much of a better team. I think, I think on paper before the series they looked like they were the better team, right? Uh, especially because they, they did take three or four from the Celtics in the regular season, and and most recently right before the the week before the playoffs even began. Um, for lack of a better term, they just ran all over the Celtics. So it looked good on the Hawks' part, as a Hawks fan, as Hawks players, that they could handle the Celtics. But the way the Celtics have been playing all season long, you had that you had that feeling that yeah, maybe they're the underdog in this series, but they've been the underdog pretty much all season long. Right, and I really thought this was going to be a breakout for Brad Stevens. I mean, you look yeah, at it and, and yeah, and it, it, yeah he, he, he's another one laid an egg. Yeah, he he. I, I mean, I guess he did. I mean, he he def he definitely picked it up in like everybody did in games three and game four, and you know, changing that starting lineup and and giving that spark to the team. But other than that, really, what did he do? What what did he do to prove himself as a as a you know, like I don't know, as as Outs- a top tier head coach in the in the NBA in the playoffs. Outside of uh, making the the adjustment in Game Three to insert Evan Turner and Jonas Jarepko in the starting lineup, not much else. Right, and you know, and I don't I don't want to get go down this road and right. blame Brad Stevens. No, no, we're not. I'm, I'm not. I know, but I, I, he I know has what you're to take no, part of the to, blame. Yeah, yeah. Because I he, thought, and he, and he definitely did. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I thought it would just be a positive. I thought yeah. he would be able to. It's still a learning experience for him as well. Well, I mean, uh, I, I don't want to say that anymore. Okay. I don't think it can be a learning experience for him. This okay. is year three. This is the second time you're in the playoffs. That's why he has to take some of the blame in this game six, in this six, uh, six game series. Because, I mean, it's not like you were in every game. That's, that's what gets me. Like, if we were in every game and we were. Outside of game three, yeah. Right, right. If we were in every game and we were able to, like, Compete and we went down in seven, but it was a tough fight in every game. No, we laid eggs. You laid egg. You you basically laid an egg for a game three quarters of game one. You sucked in game two. You came back to Boston. You won two games. Great tie series. Then you go back and you just lose two straight games. Part of that's got to be on the coach, and I'm not letting Brad Stevens off the hook on this one. Yeah, I think I think overall the the offense in games two and five and, and even parts of game six 
they they just look like they were just going through the motions. Well, yeah, that, they look, that, they look, that's they look it. you know, passive, you know, instead of being aggressive. I think in game six, you can't do that. You though. saw that in game six, like it wasn't that they weren't competing, but I feel like they were aggressive just to shots. It man. was just, it was just like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta, you know, be aggressive here. But it, they didn't mean they, there was nothing that you, you didn't feel a vibe coming from the team, you know? So that is super disappointing. But I guess let's ask you this and let's bring in Sway for this too. But Joel. The number one reason why the Celtics lost to the Atlanta Hawks in six games in the first round was lack of offense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Easy enough. That's the number one. That's the number one. Um, I don't want to say only solely because Avery Bradley was in the series that the Celtics weren't able to succumb that or, or quote unquote replace him, but he was an important piece on not just the offensive end, but on the defensive end as well. Uh, Jay Crowder, as much as he wanted to say he was 75 or 80%, whatever percent he felt that he was healthy going into the series was not nowhere near what he, what I think he thought he was from that ankle injury. And don't even let me get started on Kelly Olenek because he didn't seem like he wanted to play at all, in my opinion. And, 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 and Stevens continued going back to the, you know, the Brad Stevens thing. He continued to use him. Time and time again, when Tyler Zeller in eight minutes of Game Six gave you more than Kelly Linick did in, in in six games. Yeah, so I mean, you gave like four reasons there. Sorry, for your sorry, one yeah, reason, I know. But, sorry for the, I mean, the but the, gonna, but the main the main the, the main reason <laughs> the main reason to me of uh, uh, lack of offense, lack lack of scoring, lack of scoring. Okay, yeah, and I mean, poor shooting I mean, overall. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna focus in on a little bit closer you know, on what you said, and I don't think it was lack of offense, more of Poor three-point shooting. You can't, as a team... Like shot, shot selection, no, selection? or you can't, as an NBA team in the playoffs in 2016, expect to be any type of competitive in a series if you're shooting 27% from the, from the three-point line. 27%. That's awful. That's absolutely awful. Marcus Smart looks at 27% and says, Oh, man, I don't want to shoot like that. You know what? Like, that's bad. So, I mean, as a team, 27% as a three-point shooting, that that says to me, that's exactly why they lost. I mean, you don't even want me to go down this list because, surprisingly enough, Marcus Smart was your number one three-point shooting. Um, if you're, if you're going to count people who actually played and, and took a couple threes. Even more than Jonas, really? Yeah, Jonas Direkbo. No, Jonas was a better three-point shooter. Okay, so. okay. No, I, I wasn't I trying to fact check. I was just, I was just checking. I was, I mean, I was just throwing out names. Okay, Jonas. Yeah, because I, I mean, you're gonna look at it. I mean, probably Marcus Smart probably attempted more than anybody else, but I think Jonas. No, hit, I was hit right. More, yeah. I was right. Marcus Smart, thirty-four percent shooter from three-point, three-point, uh, three-point line in the series. He was. Uh, That's actually decent. Was very good. Uh, <laughs> Jonas Repko, good, thirty-one point. Thirty-one point eight percent. Okay. So Probably the first, the first two games, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, didn't, Rozier didn't and Sullinger play did did all right, but they barely shot anything, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you can't. I'm talking about people in the rotation yeah, yeah. and yeah. people who are actually shooting threes, and yeah, even more so than Isaiah too. Huh? I mean, Isaiah had twenty eight percent. I mean, you look at yeah. it. Evan Turner twenty one percent. Jay Crowder twenty four percent. That's bad, man. That's bad. You can't you can't expect to win if you can't shoot threes in today's NBA. So that's my number one reason why 
because I'm not going to get on Jay Crowder again because I was 100% right with that with last last podcast episode that if they can't get offense from Jay Crowder, they're screwed. So go- oh, but let me ask you this real quick on the three-point thing. You think they were a good three-point shooting team coming into this? No, but they okay. were much worse okay. in this series. I All mean, right. even if they were able to level out of where they were in the regular season, yeah. right, much better than 27% shooting. Right. Yeah. I mean, let's just let's be honest. Let's get yeah. if you could if, if if they weren't if they went from 27 percent to 33 percent, there's an increase of 5 percent shooting. We're going to game seven. Yeah, I think. But I think that on the flip side, I think the Hawks had better um, spread out percentage from everyone. Like it was everyone. Well, I think you had a Kent Bazemore game, you had a Mike Scott game, you had a Kyle Korver game, you had Schroeder. a Paul Millsap game. Yeah. Schroeder was solid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had a solid. Yeah. They played. They played better than I expected. But. Yeah. But the Celtics played a lot worse than I expected. Oh, yeah. Sway. What's good? What's going on, man? Oh, you're right, man. How you, how, how you feeling now? You alive still? Well, we've had a few days to digest and look at different angles and, you know, see what went wrong in that game six and see what the Celtics didn't do throughout the entire series. And after looking at it from a point of view of where the Celtics went wrong, I think there was a lot of things that factored into their to their – Demise. I mean, let's let's call it like it is, man. Atlanta Hawks. They came to play. They brought it to the Celtics. They were the better team, and they were the in terms of talent. I think I think we all knew that they were sort of the better team, especially when when Avery Bradley um, went down. But I think that the the way the Celtics were weren't able to run their offense in Game Five and Game Six like they did in Game Three and, and Four. Just there was there was no way they could they could knock off the Hawks and and, and win two more games. So what what was your biggest reason for the series loss? What, biggest reason for the reason why we lost in six? Shooting. I think shooting was number one. And I think it's probably, obvious, right? <laughs> I think we all said yeah, the same thing. Just I, mean, I know it sounds simple, but when you when you shoot that poorly in, in game five and game six, how can you expect to to, to beat a team like the Hawks that was shooting better than fifty percent in game in game six in the deciding game? Well, and two, you know? just to give just to throw the stats in there to support your topic. I mean. They shot like shit all 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 series. I mean, like the mid thirties, even thirty eight, thirty eight percent, thirty eight percent. There was a there was a stat that Sean Grandy gave out before Game One, and they and he said the Celtics only shot under thirty seven percent once all year. Oh my goodness! Once all year. Was it a loss? Yes, obviously, because you know <laughs> Grandy, you know how mine works. But I'm just saying, in a series, you shoot thirty eight percent. That is bad, man. That is that is really bad. And, and on the you, other side of the court, I mean, you look at the Hawks and what they were able to do in, in, in readjusting and, you know, guys like Ken Bazemore and, and Schroeder becoming effective and it was part of, a, and, you know, the, the, their offense. I think it eventually the Celtics, they, they just defensively, they, they couldn't guard the corners. Man. I mean, how many times did we see Culver get the, get the shot that he wanted in, in, in game five and six? You know, how many times was Ken Bazemore, I mean, scoring wise, from a scoring standpoint, Ken Bazemore, you could say Ken Bazemore was just as effective as Jeff Teague. We just mentioned. You can't let that happen, you know? We just mentioned a bunch of, uh, pretty much all of the Hawks players, and we forgot about Jeff Teague and and, and Corver. That's how deep they were in the series. But I'm with you, Sway. Like, I, I, actually, I'm not with you. That's what I meant to say. (laughs) Because. You're not with me. I don't, I don't think that the Hawks played great. I don't. I really don't. I just think in that game the, six. How can you say that? No, and in, in the series, it, it, looking at the entire series, I don't think that the Celtics got their doors blown off because the Hawks were so good. I think it was because the I, Celtics were just so god awful shooting the ball. 
I think that's what it comes down to. And I don't think that the... you think the Celtics play good defense? you think they were a good defensive team in the series? I don't think they were necessarily awful defensively. I mean, there was... I feel like a game six they were, though. They were game, they, No, game six they game were, six game they were. five they were. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not defending the Celtics at all mm-hmm. in game five and game six because those two games were... No, I'm talking about defensively. I think I thought the Celtics in Game Six. Were, I don't even think Game Five. They weren't very, very good Game Five defensively either. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm talking about Game Six though. I thought they were. I thought they played well defensively. I think they played good enough defense that if they were able to shoot like they normally do, and they didn't shoot probably career lows across the board, they would have at least brought it to seven, and all the games would have been close. And that's all I wanted. After they were dropping games, whatever. You got to keep the games close, and I, 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 I'm not going to give credit to the Hawks for saying you guys outplayed the Celtics so much, and you're such a better team, and they're going to go on and beat the Cavs. Yeah, no, they, they're going to get swept by the Cavs. They're the same team they were last year. Nothing has changed to them. They're, they're going to come in, maybe win a first round series next year. They're never going to change to the Atlanta Hawks. The Celtics basically shot themselves in the foot in, in this game, in this six game series, and and. That's where I'm drawing the line. I, I I don't know, Sway. I know you think that the Hawks played really well, but I think it was a matter of the Celtics just inexperience and really not getting up for for the playoffs. Well, inexperience certainly factored in. Uh, you look at Game Five and you see what the Hawks were able to do. I, I think after that beating in in Atlanta, they could they smelled blood going into Game Six. So I think yeah, some inexperience does play play a factor in, in Game Six. But I thought overall in both games, both of those last games, I don't think Celtics played the defense that we were used to seeing. I thought the Hawks got a lot of looks from the outside. They were able to move the ball around, spread the floor. I mean, you look at this, you look at their roster, you got five or six guys who averaged double figures throughout that entire series. I mean, you had guys that were able to, to score from the perimeter, and then you had guys like, you know, Paul Millsap and, and Al Horford, not, maybe not necessarily scoring a whole lot, but they were also setting screens and setting their guys up. I think that was the that was what factored into the Hawks being able to break open the series on their offense. You know, it was just too much for the Celtics to handle. Granted, I'm with you in terms of the Celtics not knocking down the shot. I mean, that wasn't like them as well. You look at guys that you know we talked about it going into going into these last couple of games. Jay Crowder, Evan Turner, two guys that really need to step up. Evan Turner probably played the, the worst game of, of the series in Game Six. You know, he only scored eight points. He shot less than twenty five percent. Couldn't find his shot. I think Evan Turner was one of the best to fill in, fill into a the Avery Bradley role, and it just wasn't, it just didn't work. Um, Crowder had a decent game in Game Six, probably his best game of the series, but another poor shooting night. You know, I mean, you look at, you look at the the roster. Who's who's scoring for you? So yeah, of course the Celtics miss their offense. You know, miss what they're what they've seen from their offense throughout the entire series. Oh, excuse me, throughout the entire season. You know, this is a team that. It can, can put up points. We've seen collectively they can put up points. Does Avery Bradley have a little bit to do with that? Yeah, maybe, possibly. I, you know, definitely. going into the series, I think so. No, I, okay. de- yeah, I definitely you know think what? so. Yeah, yeah, I'll say definitely, yeah. but I, I can't. I can't say with 100 percent certainty that they would have beaten the the Hawks in the series if, if Avery Bradley was in there. Would it have been the game seven? Yeah, absolutely. Would have been close, much closer than we saw. Well, you I know, think going the into the series, have... I thought that going into the series, I thought Avery Bradley was was the big, the most important player in, in, for the Celtics, you know. Yeah. Uh, he was more important than Isaiah Thomas because of what he can do on both ends of the floor. So, yeah, maybe the Celtics could have won in Game 7, but I think the Hawks, I mean, you got to give credit to the to their offense. I mean, these guys came to play. That entire starting lineup came to play. You know, everyone was scoring. Everyone was playing, playing a, a role in that Game 6, and 
because they knew they, the Celtics are they're inexperienced in the playoffs. You know, they don't have a lot of experience in, in this time of the year. So I think they took advantage of that. And again, after Game Five, after that beating in Atlanta, they could smell blood, and, and they annihilated the Celtics in Game Six. And they did it early. Should have never traded David Lee. Shouldn't have gave up that playoff experience. I don't know, man. He would have shot, right? He would have been the uh, <laughs> he would have been the score, right? Yeah, we, that, that is exactly right. That's exactly that was my right. next point. That was my next point. <laughs> the missing link. Yeah, exactly. So. Anyways, let's 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 sum this series up. It sucks because this, like I said at the get go, one of my favorite Celtics teams probably watch in a in a very long time, but one of my all time favorite Celtics team to watch all year. So even though it was a great regular season, forty eight wins, you know, definitely exceeding expectations in the regular season. Does this first round exit mean that the season as a whole was a disappointment? I think you have to say so. Yes, I, I'm, I'm going to say that it was a it's, it's a disappointing end to what we thought was a team that was guaranteed to make it into the second round. So I'm going to say that, and of course you can throw in the what ifs. You know, it's always fun to play the the what if games. It's always fun to be, you know, as they say in the football analogy, the the Monday morning you know head coach, a Monday morning quarterback. You know, but at the same time, this was a team that we didn't think was going to be in the fifth seed. I mean, I. I with the way I'm not going to blame the NBA and the new the new set of the playoff here, but I, was, I think we can all agree that home court advantage would have played a could have helped the Celtics out especially in a series like this. Yeah, um, yeah. So the season as a whole, I don't think it was disappointing because I, I think I think the Celtics could beat the Hawks. They could, you know, they had a good chance to beat the Hawks. Yeah, but sorry, the question um, is the question is, it does the end of this season does where we ended make this entire season a disappointment? Like you look yes. at it, you look at it. If the Patriots don't win a Super Bowl, right? We're disappointed. The Celtics had expectations to go farther than they did last year, win a playoff series. I think that was a big goal of the Celtics this year. I mean, yeah, getting home court advantage was probably a goal. Winning fifty wins was a goal. They didn't get any of it. I mean, that that right. that's if you look at it as a whole. I mean, the next jump they 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 really showed progress. I think they showed progress. But they weren't able to get to that next level, which I think, me personally, I was expecting of them. And I think a lot of Celtics fans across Massachusetts and New England were expecting of them. So I think as a whole, you can't look at them losing in six games to the goddamn Atlanta Hawks. I don't even want to say that again because it's pissing me off. We lost to the Hawks, man. I hate the Hawks. <laughs> but... Hey, collectively, it's a disappointment. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I got, I, I agree with you, man. It I, is. I really do. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you haven't improved much from last season. I mean, as a team on paper for regular season wins, you can say you have. Yeah, eight games is nothing team, to sneeze at. I mean, improving by eight games is nothing to sneeze at. But, but then, but look at the conference, though. Right. Right, but in the grand scheme of things, I mean, do they look more attractive for a free agent this summer than they did before? Before the playoffs, well, yeah, I don't think they do. No, wait. So, 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 wait. Re I thought you were saying so more attractive team for a free agent than last year. Uh, a little I more, think, not, much, not yeah, a lot more. I think they're about the same. Really? I think, I think had, had they beat the Hawks, then yeah, they would have been more attractive. Because I'm not, I'm not, I guess, so much looking at it as a disappointment to say because it's not like it's not like you're, you're like, oh, you're one piece away. Like, no, I think they are one piece away. I think everyone sees like, you know. They're maybe not one piece away. Maybe yeah. they're two pieces away, 
but they have you're, they, I, if, you're if, if you if you look at it if you look at it and say this is how far we got with Isaiah Thomas as our best player right if you get two people to come in and say okay if we come on then everything's locked in it's a good situation I don't I really don't think so I, I think the goal had to be to get to the second round and 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 or beyond have a day with have a day with the Cavs I think they had to they had to show what they can do against the Cavs in the playoffs. Mm. So, uh, you know, a free agent or someone out there or another player who's, you know, looking at these, looking at that matchup and seeing how far away something's are to matching the Cavs, you know, is, are they a piece away? Are they a piece or two away? I think they need to be on the national stage against a team like the Cavs, the cream of the crop, the team that we can say right now, I don't know about you guys, but they're going to be in the NBA finals in June. I think they need to see, or nationally, everyone needs to see how good the Celtics match up against the Cavs in the playoffs. We're never going to be able to see that this year. So I think that goes against their odds of landing, you know, the, the top-notch free agents, Kevin Durant, Al Horford. See, I mean, look at a guy like Al Horford. If I'm Al Horford, I'm saying, you guys couldn't even beat my team. Why, why, why am I going to jump ship and yeah, join you guys? I, I don't want Al Horford, man. No, but, no, I know, <laughs> but I'm just saying as an example, though. That's an example, yeah. <laughs> I know, no, I'm as an example. I'm I mean, just, no, te- technically, Sway, Sway is right. Overall, really? You overall, guys are off the no, but, free- no, but, this, but No, but listen, though. He's right because all, what did the Celtics really do? They just won two more games than they won last year in the, in the playoffs. Still a first round exit, right? And they and and, and in their losses, they were looked awful. Awful, right? They so, looked awful. They wasn't even close. So I guess besides I, game one, but they so, weren't even close. So I know their playoff, their playoff, um, their playoff performance didn't help them get free agents. I I, I agree with that, but I I think that they are in a much better position this year as opposed to last year when you're talking about luring a free agent because now they're not a flash in the pan, right? You're not you're not a team that just got, got hot at the right time and made it to the playoffs. You had a good regular season. You came in. You competed. You lost in the playoffs, whatever. But even if you're looking at it like they all the pieces on the team, they're all team-friendly contracts. They're all good 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 money deals that if, if a Kevin Durant does look at this team and says, okay, I want to go there, you need to bring in player X or player Z. The well, Celtics can get that player and then get Durant. I mean, or, or I mean, let's not say Durant. Let's say they trade for Butler. They have tons of options. Yeah, yeah. No, the great, the great part about all of this is that the Celtics are under the cap for the first time in like twenty right. some years. Right. So they got a lot of right, money. Right, but fellas, we have to remember that this isn't a big window. I mean, Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, you know, your key guys, they're going to be off the books in a couple of years. I know right. you can say that. Oh, that's in two years, but. This offseason is crucial. This oh, is the most important offseason for Danny Ainge since 2007. 100. You know, this is it. No, this is it because I mean I think there's been a couple passes the past couple of years when yeah you, you know oh let's trade the pick for let's 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 hope we get Andrew Wiggins okay it didn't happen let's hope we get uh, let's hope we're able to trade the pick for Kevin Love from the Timberwolves didn't happen let's hope we can go out and sign maybe Kevin Love in the next free agency it didn't happen let's hope we can do this right. let's hope we can do that there's been a lot of things that they've been hopeful for. But everything is sort of fell through at this point. So that's why. I mean, if you go to CausewayStreetBlog.com, you look what I wrote. My, uh, th- it, it falls on Danny. It, it's on Danny. Mm-hmm. This is now, I mean, th- this. I guess this is what I'm saying. The game, this was a disappointment I think, I think in, it, in a season because you didn't make that jump where you could say, okay, if we do miss now, if we do miss again, yeah. we're okay still. No, no, I think, I think, I think this team has has been pushed as far as it can go. Do you? This is it. This is it. You now. Yeah, this is this the is time it. for Danny Ainge to say that there's no more excuses. There's, but at the same time, Sean, as like you said earlier, this is they lost against the freaking Hawks. You know, <laughs> I, a free agent, I know, man. A free That's agent can say, 
Does the team even compete against Toronto? Can they even compete against, you know, the, any other team in the top well, like, can, they, I think, can they compete against Miami? I mean, yeah. how far how far is are the Celtics now in the, on, the, on the national stage? Yeah. You know, going in towards, towards the end of the season, they look like a top three team these. Yeah, now, no. you can say that they're out of the top five or, or they're at the bottom yeah. of the top five from even, a national standpoint. Even though four teams have the same exact records. Yeah, they're I mean, identical I, don't records. Think, I don't think people are looking at I, I guess this is what it is, is, that the Celtics have assets, right? The Celtics have money and assets, which is huge. And it's Boston, so it's a good city to play for NBA-wise. I mean, we, in our eyes, I think we think that. I mean, and obviously, free agents haven't thought that in the past. But, I mean, if you're looking at it and you could say, oh, okay. I think, I think KG kind of changed that in right. the last decade. Well, but then what, no one else came after KG. So well, I don't, well, that I was think, a trade. So no, I understand, but I think it's more, it's more, you know, Danny's time to have everything come out like yeah. fruition because he got rid of these contracts. He made these trades. All, everything all, has led up. Everything to this has led point. up to this point. And now, so that, now there's, there's no, no more excuse. next year. There's, there's no, no more next year. Yeah. Like you need to make this happen this year. You yeah. need to get Durant. You need to try to get Jimmy Butler. You need to try to get DeMarcus Cousins. You need to try to get Al Horford. Yeah. Oop, I don't even want, yeah. but I don't care. Fuck no, it. Go for that's it. That's fine. Try to get, you need to make sure. I, I don't like, I, I, and, and I, there is no excuse. If you, if you get the number one overall pick and draft Ben Simmons and that's it. Or Ingram. Or uh, I would, uh, yeah, we'll yeah, talk yeah, about we'll that. Talk about, we'll yeah. talk about that. <laughs> Coming up. But there is no excuse to come back next year. With, with Isaiah Thomas as your best player and relying on Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder to pick up the offensive slack. There is no excuse for that. And if you resign Evan Turner and Jared Sillinger and come back with the same squad, trust me, there's gonna be there's gonna be some hell to pay from Celtics fans. Actually, what am I what am I threatening? What the hell? There's no hell to pay. What am I talking I about? What, 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 are you, gonna, you, you better watch <laughs> out, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna hurt him, Sean? You gonna, you gonna hurt him? You gonna go him? I'm going WWE on his ass. See, I even said WWE. There you go. You're gonna meet him after church and just wait for him. Maybe at his car. Maybe. Who knows? But hey, fellas, here's the silver lining, though. We have a star. The Celtics have a star. All right, we have a star in front of us covering the Celtics team. Isaiah Thomas is a star. I'm not going to back down from that statement that I made in our last podcast or two podcasts ago. He's a star. Okay. He's a guy who led the NBA in scoring throughout the playoffs. He's a guy who, you know, carried his team on his back for two wins. Yeah, there were only two wins, but he outshined the entire – he was the shining piece in the entire series. He was well, the probably, best player in this series, the best player in the series. Probably, probably the shining star in game six, even though they lost, you know. Guys, the, but the can, first... we, can, we not, can we not say – can we not – like, I, I know it's a good thing to say and it sounds nice, but Isaiah Thomas being the leading scorer in the playoffs and then us losing in six games in the first round, really, it doesn't work for me, man. Like, I know it's great to say, and I'm not taking away anything from Isaiah Thomas because he had a great series in four out of the six games, but I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I want to stick on that because, I mean, yeah, it's great to look at on the stat sheet, but. Why not? Oh, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I'm not talking about the series. I'm talking about the entire NBA playoffs. Like he, he was the right, leading I, scorer. Well, I get it. I mean, I'm sure someone surpassed him now because, I mean. Well, yeah, wow. obviously. Right. I mean, so that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't, you can't, like, look at it and be like, here's the number one score of the NBA playoffs in five at, games. At that point. <laughs> in the first half games. Uh, okay. That, like, that, that's what I mean. Like, I get what you're saying. And it, and it was a great accomplishment. I mean, he came out the first three games of the series. I mean, Isaiah, the first four games of the series, Isaiah Thomas was. Arguably the best player in the NBA playoffs. 
I mean, most consistent player in the NBA playoffs, but then you can't lay two scoring eggs. Scoring-wise. Yeah. Right, scoring-wise, but, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 is Isaiah Thomas a star? Yes. Is he an elite superstar? No. That's what the Celtics are missing, though. The Celtics are missing a top 10 player in the NBA. Isaiah Thomas, no, probably not. a top 20 player, maybe even top 15 if you really want to argue it out. But it's, it's, it's tough, though. You brought it up, Sean, in the last episode that to ask him time and time again. To expect it. To ex- <laughs> and, like, there's no <laughs> other time option. time and time again. To like, just, that's it. Like, you know, put, even, up, put up 25, 30, and 10 assists every single game. Like, Paul George, Paul George is a top five player in the NBA, okay? He's a better player than Isaiah Thomas. The Pacers, no, I, I the Pacers that, expect like him. It's, to to score twenty five and, and eight right every night, but I get what you're saying, man. But my point is that, like Joel said uh, one year ago, you couldn't say that you couldn't call the Thomas a star. Now you can. So at least now you got guys out there if they're thinking about drawing us up. They're gonna know who Isaiah Thomas is. They know how good he is. Now. Oh, exactly. I, I'm with, I'm with you on that. If you want to say that Isaiah Thomas makes his team more of a destination for free, free agents or players want to play with Isaiah Thomas, I think, yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. But I, I mean, he's not a ball hog. He passes the ball. Yeah. He gets his assists. But any but any guy who does come to the Celtics, a big top-tier you know free agent or top-tier player in this league coming to the Celtics, that's going to be the number one or number two guy. Right. And Isaiah Thomas not definitely gonna, knows that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, 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 that's what I'm alluding to. It's, I don't think anybody that, that comes to this, to, to this team that's better than him. He's, Thomas is going to immediately say, "Hey, guess what? It's my team. I got you here, or I'm one of the reasons why you're here." Yada yada yada. Like, let's do what we got to do. Thomas understands the game, and I think if you ask Thomas straight up and you say, "Do you need help?" He's going to say, "Hell yeah, I need help, man. I can't keep doing this on my own." He already said it. He trusts Danny on, on, right. on upgrading this roster. Exactly. So I mean, he's that, not. He's not. A, he's not a that's dummy. The thing. And then if you can just, if you get, even if, like, I know we want some big name guys and like we need two big name guys is what everyone's saying even if you get one big name guy even if you get one free agent that can come in here or even if you just trade for jimmy butler or demarcus cousins even if you just get one of those guys it slides everyone back offensively which i think is a much more comfortable position isaiah thomas sway i'm with you he's a star in the league but on a on a on a true contender He's not a number one. He's not a number one. So if you can slide him to the number two role, then all of a sudden Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder are your role players. They're actually role players. You're not relying on them to be, you know, consistent offensive factors, which you just they can't. Can, they can afford to have they can a afford, bad series and exactly, still win. Exactly, like, or like one game here or there. There's not any pressure on you to do that. You play defense, right. you shoot, and you be consistent. If you can get a DeMarcus right. Cousins, a, a Jimmy Butler, Kevin Durant, I mean, I don't think Al Horford fits that mode exactly or that mold exactly, but, I, I mean, if you get a big-name guy or if you get two, 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 you know, number twos, right? Let's say you get Horford and Bradley Beal and you put them next to Isaiah Thomas and you slide everything around, whatever. Now is the time to do it. You can't, like, you, you can't, it's going to make everything click better and, then you don't have to worry about R.J. Hunter coming off the bench and playing five games in a uh, opening round playoff series. Right, and plus, fellas, let's let's call it like it is. Defensively, I think Atlanta figured out the formula on how to stop the Celtics. You stop Isaiah Thomas. You focus on Thomas. 
Yeah, it's double a, team him. You I, triple I, team him. I don't know why. I can't believe how Coach Bud is uh, the coach of the year because it took him like four games to figure that out. Yeah, it took him four games. Right? Like I, I, I know. <laughs> yeah, just watch one of the games from the Cavaliers series last year, and you'll see. Just, do, just never switch off Thomas. Just double team Thomas on a pick and roll. No, I mean that's my point, man. They double teamed him. They triple teamed him. They, you know, made him force turnovers. They I mean, got the, the offense going. And, and the Celtics, they look defeated. I mean, when you look at their their body language and and how they how they couldn't retaliate, it was just obvious that this is a young, inexperienced team that were, you know, the youngest team in the playoffs. Aside from themselves, they were beside themselves, you know. Yeah. And I, I was I thought what, what Coach Stevens said at the game at the game six was very interesting when he said that. You know, he took responsibility and said that he had to do a better job, you know, and, and I think that was something that uh that, that rang true in the sense of trying to find a way to, to, to slow down the Hawks. Because I think uh when he said that, I think he was talking about the, his, his defense. We talked about how poor the offense was. I mean, the Celtics were getting the open shots they wanted, the Hawks continued to do what they were doing all series in game six, which is like we said, shut down Thomas and, and challenge these guys to shoot. But they did, and they couldn't knock down the shot. So I think he was thinking about their, their defense and, and making adjustments to slow down the Hawks. I, I thought that the fellas, they were running out of options or running out of ideas on how to slow them down. Joel, we watched the game, uh, I forget which game we watched together. I think it was, uh, it was six, towards the end of game six, or yeah, I think it was going into the fourth quarter, oh, game boy. six, when, uh, they had a close up on Stevens, and, and Stevens was just kind of had this look on his face, like, like "What can I do?" I don't know next? what else to do. Yeah, <laughs> we we talked what, about I that. I am <laughs> out of options. I'm on like Plan H right now. I'm, yeah. I don't know what. Like, I, I don't have another Jonas Terebko to do, come off the bench right we, now. When we were screaming, we were screaming, throwing you know Zeller instead of fucking like, Olenek. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, the subjects were. It might sound crazy, but they, they were a couple threes away from making it a two possession game, and they just couldn't slow down the Hawks and. The Hawks were going inside. They were getting to the free throw line. They were knocking down threes. They had their open court. You know, they were moving, rotating the ball, moving the ball around, creating space with ease throughout that second half. And they, they closed the door on the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think I think overall, I, I have to I have to agree and say that it was a disappointing season for the Celtics, despite them winning forty eight games, despite them being the number three seed for a good amount of time, for a good like month, they were the three seed. Yeah. Towards the end of the towards the end of the season, and and especially after beating the Warriors, we thought, all right, they're gonna get this locked up and have home court in the first round and make it to the second round and possibly even to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, let's be honest. I think that when you look back on the season, it's sad, but the Warriors game was the highlight of the season. And 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 it's, you know what else is you know what else is sad too? Fans such as such as us, you know, we're fans, but we're we're try to we try to be as critical as we can. We're it's year three of the rebuild since Paul Pierce and the, and the, right. and the, and the new big three left, and and, and we're, we're not satisfied. Well, I think we're not satisfied <laughs> because they've been – I mean, Danny Angie's done yeah. such a good job up until this point. I mean, yeah. realistically, people said, this is going to be about a three- to five-year rebuild. What? We're going into year four now. So, ahead. I mean, I don't think it's that yeah. unreasonable expectations to say – No, it's not unreasonable. It's It's sad because of, like – how spoiled we are here. Well, I don't think that we want, we don't want to go through what Philadelphia is no, going through. No, you're right. Well, you're we right. We don't want right. to go through right, but technically, what these other teams are doing. And I think Danny Ainge has done, done a great job of saying, we're not tanking. We tanked one season. That's the most tanking we're going to do. Even though he'll never admit that, but. Right. They tank. But anyways, let's, let's look ahead. Let's look ahead. The season's behind us now, unfortunately. All, you, it's all, it's going to be all good. You can't be in the past. It can, it can only, it can only look up. We can only look up at this point. So we got a couple things to look forward to. 
We're going to have our big NBA draft show next. We're not going to get too much into the draft right now because the draft lottery is really when we're going to know what we're doing. So, you know, looking forward, May 17th, the draft lottery, NBA draft lottery. We have Brooklyn's pick, obviously. If you have been living on the rock for the past four four years now. Damn, four years since we traded Paul Pierce. No, three, technically. Well, three seasons. Yeah, three. No, well, yeah, because it was in 2013 when they traded him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it doesn't hurt any less, it but yeah. Hurt. But uh, but now it's, uh, it turns into the number three pick in the draft lottery. So we will see where that ping pong ball goes. Uh, I don't know if it's ruining your in case you missed it. No, no, no. Keep going. Isaiah Thomas. Oh, well, yeah, well, well yeah, yeah, that it ruined it, but I'm just kidding. Oh, no, so. <laughs> yeah, they, I, th- I thought we were talking about just, Tom, just lottery talk in general. No, Tommy's getting the boot. Yeah, Tommy's They're putting Isaiah Thomas in there. Like, Tommy, come on, man. Every time we put you in thinking it's good luck, it's never good luck, bro. Tommy's like, fine, take the little guy. <laughs> He's like, give me give me a whiskey. He's like, fine, <laughs> take, the, take the little guy. I'll watch it at home and get drunk. That's fine. Yeah, anyway, so we got that to look forward to. So Celtics fans, keep your head up. Things are getting better. Things are going to get easier. <laughs> Ooh, C's fans, it's going to be brighter. Anyway, so someday. <laughs> Sorry. All right, fuck it. Let's end it. Put that song on. <laughs> uh, so we got that to look forward to, which I think is going to be a huge thing to look forward to for the Celtics, uh, whether they trade the pick, whether they take the pick, whether the pick falls, a lot of that. But that's going to come up in our NBA draft podcast, which I think will be next time we get on the mics. Um, if not the next time, the following, probably the next time. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then, so, so we also have to look forward to NBA free agency. You got a lot of big free agents playing right now: Whiteside, Durant, Horford, DeRozan, <laughs> Horford. A lot of guys to watch. Yeah, a lot of guys. Dirk, even though he's not playing anymore, Dirk is going to be a free agent. He just said he's going to opt out. So we got that to look forward to. As well, so I mean, it's it's not all it's not all tombstones and I don't even know what you say. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 things it, things it, things it, are it, still good. It could be worse. It could be worse. Could you be know worse. what? That is a defeatist <laughs> attitude. You know, it's it, it could be it worse. Could be worse. Good. I like I like the way you're thinking, Joel. So, anyways, Joel, what did we miss? In case you missed it. These NBA officials have been messing up and botching some calls so far in the playoffs. Has it been has it been worse than Yo, it's pretty bad. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I I know it's been bad. Pretty bad. Look, in round one, they admitted in in, in the Boston and Atlanta series in, in game one that they botched a few calls against the Celtics. That came out. And okay, they and yeah. they well, Yes. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. They also botched a call against the Pacers in Game Seven against Toronto. That I don't know if it could have gone either way, but it was that was a close. That was a close finish. That's a tight finish. Right. Oh, I mean, yes. I it, no. It, I I remember that call. That, that changed the game. So those those are those are a few examples. Now in Round Two, if you if any basketball fans were were not watching the San Antonio uh, Oklahoma City game on Monday night, I was only watching it because I hope that the Thunder got down too well. So selfishly, so well definitely. that could have happened had the NBA not missed. Uh, and I'm not joking when I tell you this. Missed five incorrect calls in the last 13.5 seconds of that game. Mm, wow. Five. Wow. That's bad. That's like yeah, what? Rich, at this point, the NBA is probably second thinking this whole uh, report 
officiating. I know, right? They're like, why, why, the why, like, why are we revealing this? They're just they're like, like, we're going to be much more open to the public, and it's and, like, and, oh fuck. And you know, and you know what else? You know what else kills me about this? It's like, you know, their NBA is admitting to mistakes, but what's the consequence? There's what's no the what's the what's the discipline? And then like, messing least, this up, with, especially in, with the instant replay and all that. What the hell? What what do they get? At least in the NFL, I know that they. You know, we'll take games away from refs going forward if you miss calls. Yeah, and in, in that game too, just a couple of things, just a couple of calls that I'm in off the top of my head. The the waiters, uh, Deion waiters pushing, you know, Manu Ginobili while he was trying to inbound the ball. That, that I, I I I'm 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 dumbfounded. So let's let's break down that play because <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's let's break it down because there's a lot of things going on on both on both sides. Yeah, you know, so yeah, Ginobili's foot on the line. Right, he wasn't it, supposed to be doing that. Exactly. You and had, then, and yeah, then, yeah. Don't, uh, waiters initially elbowing. Why? What? This is Ginobili. This, this is the problem, though. I don't care if like. No, but that's a whole separation. I know what you're gonna say, but yeah, go ahead, go ahead, say it though. I, say it. I, though. I, don't, <laughs> I don't care if Ginobili tackled him. Why is Dion Waiters <laughs> passing in the ball in the last seconds of a game that you need to win? Like Dion Waiters, dude. Like put anybody. I even put Stephen Adams over there before Dion Waiters. I don't think Dion Waiters passed the ball all year, like all I mean, year, aside from the botch call. He jumped to make the inbounds pass. Right. Travel. To, <laughs> he jumped travel. in the air to make the inbounds pass to like three or four jerseys around Kevin Durant. Get the, that ball. The ball gets stolen. They run the other way. Uh, in, um, San Antonio missed a couple opportunities to, to take a lead or, or initially win the game. And then Steven, Steven Adams gets held up by a fan. In the front row. Die hard fan, man. That's one Where guy I would security? grab. Like, how do you let that happen? <laughs> Who was not watching that, yeah. that play? And, like, and how drunk was that fan to be like, okay, when Steven Adams. It was a female, too. That's what kills me. The biggest dude on the court. A <laughs> the female. The biggest dude. Like, grabbed him up real quick. And then Steven's obviously, I mean, Adams gets mad, obviously. Yeah. And then the guy that's in front of the woman that held him up gets mad at Adams for yelling at the woman. <laughs> Insane. Uh, and the refs called nothing. And <laughs> they continue no. to botch these calls. They didn't call anything. And nothing no, happens. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't so know, man. They should have scored they some bonus points, though, for, for defending his lady, though. Oh, you know, yeah. From that night. Oh, dude. That <laughs> night, you know, she was, he was like, here, let's do some role play. I'll be Steven Adams. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, let me get my mustache all worked out here. Leave my like, spurs alone. He's like, I ain't afraid of no 6'10 athlete. Come on, yeah, man. I got your back no matter what. Exactly. She's like, like I hate I'll your porn stash. <laughs> he just keeps, keeps putting that on repeat, like, over and over. Like, puts a vine up. <laughs> He's just watching it. I hate your ponytail and your porn stash. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, they watched that at least 50 times on SportsCenter. They had that, that shit recorded. Oh, yeah. They got it recorded. They're, like, filming it, like, doing selfies with that. They do that. He but does. isn't it funny though? Because Joel, you talk about you know the uh, the missed calls and, and and you know going one way, but when you go back, I feel like most of those calls, the other team did something bad on the other end too. You know, so it almost it almost evens out. Like Game Seven, you talk about the uh, the Indiana series. Yeah, that was a push off. But at the same time, I thought that uh, oh excuse me, yeah he got pushed. But what about the uh, breakaway from from uh, Paul George where he he pushed off his defender? Yeah, know? yeah, you're, yeah. The, that's but. I mean, the refs, refs are, they see the thing is that the refs I, I are going to miss calls. No, even, you're right, you're right. The they're going to miss the calls. Even the ones that like happened before. But the, the Spurs Thunder game, <laughs> nah, I can't even, I can't even justify that one, dude. They were just like, my whole thing, our whistles are literally staying in our pocket. They, 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 they were just ball watching they're like, the whole time. They're we just don't, in, like, they were, unless they somebody fans throws a moment. punch, which waiters basically did throw a punch, yeah. but 
Unless somebody throws a punch, we're not calling anybody. I mean, stranger things have happened in San Antonio. You know, like Steve Nash getting checked into the uh, scorer's table. Bats flying around. Bats flying around. <laughs> but, no, my whole thing with the refs is if you're going to call strict, if you're going to call, like, every little, like, ticky-tack, you know, play or ticky-tack foul, then do it on both ends. Like, in game in game six, not that this really, really would have made a difference for the Celtics and and trying to win that game or coming or, or trying to rally back. But how many times did Isaiah Thomas get killed going to the trying to trying All to make a layup? Series, dude. But especially in that especially in that little run, the last three minutes nah, of that I game. Wanna, I don't want to talk about the. But I'm just you know what the, this is this is the thing. And then, and then, on, and then the, the other NBA. and then the other end, Paul Millsap would get looked at, and and he was going to the free throw. This line. is the thing, though. You play in the NBA. You know when the playoff times come, the refs are going to be a story. It's not a story because that's it's always that's, a story. That's that's the that's the messed up part when it comes to the to, to the NBA. Uh, well, in case you missed it. Uh, the Kings will interview Mark Jackson, Jeff Hornacek, Kevin McHale. Sean Dutra. Uh, yeah, Sean Dutra as well. <laughs> uh, Patrick Ewing, among others. <laughs> it's like a 1990s all-star <laughs> team, man. Oh, and David Blatt, too. Oh, David, all... Bl- oh David Blatt. No, so, he, so, he, so, who do you, so who do you guys think you know, it's a good candidate to, to take over for George Carl? If I'm Vlade Divac, I go to DeMarcus Cousins. I say, dude, you want to be player coach? <laughs> the first one since Bill Russell. Yep, wow. I'm just I'm saying that's quite an honor. You know what? You're not. You don't let anyone coach you. So why don't we just try player coach for like half a season? If you can do it, and we're winning at the trade deadline, great. You can be player coach. If not, if not, we're trading trade your ass. We're trading your ass because <laughs> now we that's know you be- can't even coach yourself. <laughs> <laughs> then we got a problem. That would be that would be historic and and, and hilarious at the same that time. It's, it's if I'm Vladi Divac, that's what I'm doing. Like like sit him down. Just him and just him and him and him and Vladi, <laughs> in a dark room. Yeah, and just yeah. be like, "Look, you, 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 we're literally out of options here. You're now the coach." <laughs> I mean, can you blame him though? It's a huge, it's a huge risk, man. I mean, you go into that situation, it can almost be career suicide. Well, you, can, you can, you might not even be able to get another coaching job. I don't, I don't have things go really bad. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't have the exact number of coaches that that Sacramento has gone through, and like Tyrone and 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 <laughs> and, and DMC's career. Yeah. But it's 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 up there towards getting close to the double figures. The only coach that has had success after leaving Sacramento is Mike Malone. I mean, he did a not a bad job in Denver, and he's building something there. And they're yeah, it's year one. Keys. Yeah. But he was the only he was the only coach that the Marcus Cousins actually yeah, liked. He was the only. He didn't decent, want him to leave. Yeah, he, he didn't want him to leave. That's so only decent guy. I mean, I don't know. Bring Boogie to Boston, baby. That that's all I'm saying right there. Either well, make him player coach or bring him to Boston. Well, all those all those interviews are. Taking place this week. And speaking of the Kings, Patrick Ewing, you think he could be an NBA head coach? I don't know. That's a little weird to me. I think he's dumb. It's a little weird. <laughs> I don't know. I think, he can. I think I don't know. It's a little weird to me, but I know what you're saying. I think he's. Stupid. I think he can, man. He's been trying. He's been trying so hard, man. He's been trying since like the second year of his retirement. I mean, at this point, it's like give the guy a shot. You I know, know Sway, so but I don't know. Would you just look at him on the bench? I just look at him, and I'm just like, he's not watching you don't the like game. His body language? He's not watching the game. He's looking at it. He's just staring straight. He's just looking down. He's just like, I don't. I'm really not paying attention. <laughs> because he's pissed, man. Dude, <laughs> he's like. He's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He's like, he's like two coaching jobs away from like going full. His whole Jamaican side is gonna come out. He's gonna spaz out one day. I'm telling you, man. 
Sound like just freaking calling everyone Bubba Clots. The the, the, the yeah. patois gonna come out in real quick. Uh, dude, <laughs> real I don't quick, know. he's gonna be like, I'm done. This is it. Yeah, he's I like, think that's because deep down inside, he's like, you think I need this? You don't think I have enough money? I'm, I'm doing this because I want to do this. I want to be a freaking head coach for for over the last like 15 years. Give me a shot. He's like, he's like, I haven't seen my wife in like 30 years. <laughs> yeah, like I don't even know. I don't even know if I'm still <laughs> I'm married. I'm fucking divorced because of you guys, man. Because of this fucking job. I lost my kids, my what? No, I'm just kidding. I'm but not no, even an I assistant mean, coach. I'm just like an analyst. Like I'm, uh, I'm just here to help out. You don't even give me the title. He just throws out analytics the, yeah, the whole time with, with <laughs> Dwight Howard and role, all the big guys. And he has no right, that was like the biggest game. role he's ever had was, was was working with Dwight Howard and his post moves in Orlando. And, and, you know, and, and in Houston, in Houston for a little bit. Oh, in Houston too, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's thinking, you know, he's the next one. To, he's like, to, he's like, he's like, there. he's like, I'm done with this kid. This kid sucks. I need, I need some, I need something bigger to fulfill, to fulfill my dreams. You know, he must have been butthurt when like Mikhail got fired, and they were like. Man, we really need someone to try to help Dwight Howard. Oh, Bernie Bickerstaff, you'll do. Like he's like he's like, God damn it, I braced the damn kid in the NBA. <laughs> he's gotta be kicking himself. He goes, I've gotten this kid paid like two hundred million dollars <laughs> over his career. All I wanna be is a coach. <laughs> and all you gotta do is pay me like not even a million and yeah, I'll take the job. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, so speaking of the Kings, you know, uh Vladi could be finally looking to move Ducha's boy, Demarcus Cousins. And Hell as yeah. many as ten teams, including Boston. Uh, was going to look to uh, acquire the big man this summer. So other teams are like Miami, the Lakers, and Chicago. Recently uh, fired George Carl, opened up about never feeling any connection with the big man in Sacramento. No shit. <laughs> they didn't feel any connection? You mean they didn't, like, hang out? Plus, plus the management never really gave him any power, you know, to be a coach. <sighs> well, yeah. <laughs> or that, to coach DMC. Right. So that's why. That's, I, I go back to him being player coach. If that doesn't happen, I swear to God, if the Celtics let him get traded to another team, if another, because no other team has the assets that the Celtics have, <laughs> right? If another team is able to trade for Demarcus Cousins, yeah, I'm sorry, Danny Ainge, you're you, Demarcus Cousins is Plan B to your Kevin Durant being Plan A. If Kevin Durant doesn't happen, Demarcus Cousins is is right there, and then Jimmy Butler's Plan C. That's it. That's let me ask you this, future though. Let me ask you this: Is or oh, both of you guys? Do you guys think Ben Simmons and Brandon Ingram is enough for them to trade him? Um, yes. Yes. If you get a number one or a number two pick, yes. Now three and three and below, that's a little three tough. and below, probably not. If three and below, you're probably looking at Jimmy Butler. Maybe not. Nah, Jimmy Butler gonna need one and two too. So I don't know, man. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. We'll talk about that all next time because I don't know Ben Sim. I'm gonna give you a little teaser. I was the biggest Ben Simmons guy. Up until? He signed with, with LeBron. Oh. And I realized something. And I realized something. I've never seen him show any emotion. Mm. Happy, sad, mad, excited, nothing. Just blank. Nada. Nothing on his face. His mm -hmm. eyes look into blankness like next time you watch him on tv because he was at the Cavs game and they just showed him he's just sitting there nothing just glazed i don't know no i'm out on ben simmons i'm out i'm out brendan ingram all day what about you sway who 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 would you side over or pick i mean i'm thinking ingram because i think ben simmons is going to be someone that might need a couple of years to develop i mean with that being said it could be Sort of like a Wiggins type of player, someone who's not, you know, an immediate all-star, but 
I don't, I don't know, man. I got, I got to see more of the kid. I was let's just, excited let's to see him honest. in the tournament, but he didn't, he didn't make it to the tournament. You know, oh. I didn't get to see. You know, I saw a few games before the tournament, but it was too bad that he wasn't able to get into the tournament and and show everyone what he's got. I think we're all on the same page. If we get the number one or two pick, and we can yeah. trade it for Demarcus Cousins or Jimmy yeah. Butler. We doing it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. After what we three, saw in the playoffs, number yeah. three though. Number three. We got number three. Well, I mean, dude, I don't, I don't think you'll be able to get. We have to give up a lot more. We'll we'll get into that. But I'm just saying, if you can just give like the the Kings, you say here's Marcus Smart and the number one overall pick, done. So we'll know on May 17th, right? May 17th, when Isaiah will hopefully hopefully give the Celtics some good luck. I swear to <laughs> swear to God in New York. Oh, I in New York. Swear to God. In case you missed it, mm-hmm. happy anniversary, guys! Hey, this week, Causeway Street podcast turns two. Woo! Terrible twos. Here oh, we go. Oh, man. Two. So, you got that teething ring ready? <laughs> <laughs> are we still, are we still, has it been, has it been two years already? Are we going, are we going to like pull up stage or we're we still in the diapers? I don't know, man. I mean, I, I was potty trained at like, mm, I don't know, seven, so. Oh, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Oops. I mean, oh, hey. Still wearing those pampers. Hey, uh, uh, yeah, so, you know, thanks, thanks to all, yes. thanks to all the loyal listeners. Two Since years day is one. a long time. And Two thanks to all the new listeners as well. Yes. No, I mean, we definitely have come a long way if you think about it. Sway, last, the first episode, I think we were. No, I got, I got a little clip actually of the first episode. Oh, do you? I sure do. Oh, I come prepared. Let's do it. Oh, no. Oh, this no. This is going to be bad. Let's man. take a listen. Yeah, it's not going to be good. This was in 2014, fellas. Take a listen. For a brand new commissioner, what's he supposed to do? He can't oh. let this guy stick around, or, or he's going to do the best he can to make sure that he loses his ownership. You know, he had to do that. Right? He had to he had come to. out. Exactly. I mean, the the thing is, is I was wondering when when is he going to say it? I mean, this dropped on uh, what was it? I think Saturday. Saturday. Saturday dropped. I mean, so Monday he comes out at two. Every after all the speculation, after all, everything, you know, people were like, "Can he do it? Can he not do it?" This comes out, I don't care. <laughs> You're banned for life. No more Donald Sterling in the Ooh, NBA. Oh, Donald Sterling know, talk. Imagine if he didn't do Man, that. If he came out I'm with I'm happy a that we don't have to talk about Donald Sterling anymore. That you know, was bad. Fine or suspension. Like, oh, you're The NBA did a damn good job rubbing that under the, light. just brushing yeah, it under the rug. So, yeah, so two years ago, this week, we were talking about on the very first episode, of the very first segment of the Causeway Street podcast about Donald Sterling getting banned from the NBA. Damn, you know the Celtics weren't in the playoffs at that point. That's why. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> and in that, and, and guess who the Clippers were playing in that series? Golden State. Golden State. Yep. So, two years ago, guys, it's been a hell of a ride. Well, happy damn birthday! Cause we're doing live episodes now. Yeah. We got. We're on iTunes. You can subscribe to us on Woo. iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. Moving on up. Moving on. Moving on up. We'll eventually oh, we get, come a long way. Yeah, we'll we'll eventually be on on all forms of podcast listening apps yeah i mean screw it you know what just next time we're gonna have live audiences our podcast next year three we're going we're, we're going all out going all out man going all out. we'll so be all over it. we'll be all over the place and thank you guys so much for listening i'm annoying as fuck i don't know why you listen to me <laughs> but thank you i know you probably listen to sway and joel more than me but seriously you guys make this podcast great you guys listen to it so thanks so much for doing that yeah, we do what we do because we love talking and, and bringing you the best content that we can possible. So make sure to follow us on uh, on Twitter. There it is again. On Instagram <laughs> and on Snapchat. <laughs> at two years Plans later. Two years later. Still doing it. Joel's still sneaky as hell with that. Hey, guys, you guys are the best, but seriously, follow us right now. <laughs>
<laughs> uh, Mr. Dutra, where can they find you on the interwebs? At Sean Dutra on Twitter. And and Swizzle, I know you're on you're on location somewhere. We haven't been able to locate you since game six. Yes, I don't know. So I'm, I'm glad I'm to glad, hear I'm glad you're, you're still you're still breathing and I'm glad that you were able to come and be a part of our podcast for episode. Oh, I'm 41. on vacation, baby. I'm on vacation. It's off season. He's I'm out here. I still got my laptop. Uh, I still got my laptop going. I still got my uh, you know my focus on the on what's going on and still banging out content. So you can of course check that out, CosmicStreetBlog.com. But I'm I'm chilling. Man. I'll be back when I when I can. You know, I'll let oh. you guys know. Oh, oh word, word, word. Where are you banging out content? <laughs> oh, pulling a card. Ah, uh, no. We all we all just were in the mean depression after that game six. <laughs> And uh, rightfully so. At the end of the day, we're we are Celtics fans, so we hurt when things don't go as planned. Yeah, we won't we won't do that to you again. That that was that was. Uh, I mean, that's, that's love love hurts. At the end of the day, love yeah, hurts. Yeah, right? it's all good. So so look, hey, look look for our Celtics uh, grades. We'll be putting up grades, grades, draft updates. I'm gonna go deep into the draft. I'm gonna start watching film on these college dudes seven hours a day, breaking down the. Big men versus small men. I'm going to have a dragon bender preview, see if we get that pick. But let's just hope none of this matters because we're going to trade that for DeMarcus Cousins. That's all I got to say. Plus, we, we're talking NBA playoffs. Still got a great second-round matchups and, oh, and beyond and storylines. Hit it. Let's see. Who do you got in the Western and Eastern Conference Finals? Um, I, uh, Going back to my original piece, I had the Miami Heat and the Cleveland Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. And in the West, I... Still have Golden State and San Antonio. Okay. Yep. I'm I'm doing the uh, I'm doing the same thing in the West. I got Golden State, San Antonio, Avi. But <laughs> <laughs> then in the East, dude, I'm gonna go with a little bit of a twist. A little twist. A little Toronto Raptors versus the Cleveland Cavaliers there, because I don't uh, I don't know. I just I don't know. Even though the Heat won game one, yeah, I think Toronto's still gonna pull that out. I still Toronto Toronto's still gonna pull that out. Sway, so, hey, what about you? Oh man, I mean. You don't have to go with Miami and Cleveland for the East. Mm. I don't. I don't know about Toronto. I, Toronto's looking kind of shaky, guys. And I think Miami's riding the wave of uh, the momentum they've had since the end of the season when they acquired Joe Johnson. I think that was a big piece of them. Uh, I think everything's just everything clicked for them at the right time. Their role players and Richardson and and uh, Justice Winslow and uh, Dwayne Wade looks like he looks like oh eight oh nine Wade right now. He's just giving it to him right now. So I'm going to go with Miami. My, I know my original prediction when we did our uh, our piece on CosmicStreetBlog.com, I, I know I had the Raptors going against the Cavs, but, I mean, you guys know how I feel about the NBA Finals. I don't even want to go that far, but I, I think neither team has a shot against Cleveland. But so at this point, it doesn't really matter. But, hey, guys, listen listen up, though. Don't forget about Chris Bosh. I think if Chris Bosh can somehow get cleared to play in this series, or not this series, but in the next series, or maybe, maybe towards the tail end of this series, I think they could get Cleveland a good shot. I don't know if they would win it, but I think they can really push Cleveland to a, a game six or maybe even a game seven. It, it's just too bad these guys are doing this without Chris Bosch. I think that if you were to put Chris Bosch on this team, they would be a scary team in the East going against the Cavs. I really do believe that. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine them pushing LeBron James and the Cavs to the brink of elimination? Yeah, with a healthy and, a healthy Chris Bosch, definitely. But, I mean, even if he comes back now, so you, uh, what, what are you going to get out of the guy? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, it looks like he's trying to – he's in a fight right now with the uh, Players players Association to, to get uh, to, to get clearance to play here. They're kind of uh, – they had a stalemate at this point, and he's – there's a reason why he didn't. He hasn't done his surgery yet. There's a reason why he's. There's pictures of him 
shooting around a bit and you know, kind of staying warm and he's been he's been what, saying he's going to see what his body can do. He's been saying he wants to come back since like April, dude. So I mean, uh, I, I I know what you mean, but uh, let's be honest though, dude. It's a sound white size world. We're all just living in it, man. He's 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 <laughs> he's the man on that team <laughs> now. Surprised you didn't bring him up when uh, we were talking about some potential free agents. Don't worry. Yeah, guys, that's it to go seven. <laughs> Sounds that's like end time. It could go seven, and I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna give the yes to Miami. I, I'm gonna go with the uh, with, with the surprising pick there. All right, yeah, and you know what? If I, it doesn't happen, you know, I'll stick to my original prediction. So I guess either way, I can't, I can't lose. Right? Oh, there you go. You're right either way. Funny how that works. I just like the storyline of fucking LeBron going up against D Wade. Yeah, it'll you know, be good. It'll be good, be good to watch either way. So yeah. Out west, guys. I'm gonna go with um, OKC. Against the Spurs, I'm going with the Spurs in in, in, uh, in game seven. I, I thought you were just series. picked OKC. Okay, that's, that's what I thought. I was like, whoa, whoa. Okay, so I like it, right? <laughs> so it was like, no, so it was no, like, so it was like that woman in the front row doesn't deserve her team to make it to the finals. Hey, it's, be at every it's single one, game, home and away. OKC's got no. home court advantage now. I'm just saying, yeah, they, they got to protect it. I, I always thought that series would go to distance, but I, I think San Antonio's gonna take care of business. Yeah, I, 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 got I think it's going seven. I got them going against the uh, against the Warriors. I yeah. do. Well, big shout out to uh, uh, Lillard and the, and, the, and the Portland Trailblazers, man. That's been a fun team to watch. And they, they're doing uh, they're doing the best they can against the Warriors, but the Warriors is just just look overmatched, even without Steph Curry. What about our our friends out in Cali? Shout oh, out to them. Yeah, shout out to Into Open Field. They're doing their thing. They're gonna have their actual own podcast coming up soon, man. So yeah, big shout out to them, man. They put up a piece. Uh, they uh, they reviewed the, uh, the the new Drake album, and that was. That's a really good read if you guys haven't checked that out, man. I, oh, really? I, like <laughs> I gotta check yeah, that out. Yeah, they reviewed the Drake album, Drake. and they did a really good job with it. They had a good piece with uh, one, of the, one of their uh, girlfriends wrote a piece about about being in a relationship with a Boston sports fan. That was a really good one, too. So they got really good content over there. Yeah, it's man. not just sports over there, clearly. You know, they reviewed the Drake album. So it's uh, it's a cool site, man. I, def- I definitely got to recommend it like we always do every single uh, episode. Check out that Views from the six. I what do you guys think about it? it? Come on, let's do it real quick before we get out of here. What do you guys think? It, it's Dude, I, so <laughs> I, I haven't got a chance to do it. I actually thought I lost it, but it's in my – so I haven't really listened to it yet. I'm not a very good person to talk about this right now. Um, This is, to me, his most R&B-ish album since the second yes. one. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. so it sucks? No, I didn't say that. I just said, you know, if you like – I don't. Okay. Okay, hey, so, so shout out. Hey, second album was if you ask me, man. Well, Take care was his best. Take care was his best, but this one, this right. this album has more slower beats than the Take Care. The Take Care, the Take Care album, as much as he sang on that, but it had good Just beats to on, to, you know, to uh, vibe yeah, out to. Was, beep, 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 beep. Take Care was flawless, man. It had a perfect balance of both. Yeah, he went more R and B on this side. The 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 rap the rap yeah. songs aren't as good as the Take Care uh, yeah. tracks. The the rap tracks, not to compare the two, not that we have to compare the two. Yeah. But um, I just it's good. It's a good yeah, it's, album. But this, I, this is this is off a couple of listens. I, it's probably gonna grow on me. You know, that's that's the way Drake does. He grows on yeah, people. He really and does. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna make other Beyonce fans throw out their lemonade. I hate Beyonce. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll give it another uh, couple more listens and maybe change my mind. But it's a good album. Get me wrong. I just uh, I thought it came. I thought it gonna come a little harder. But see, even two years later, we've come, come we've come a long way from talking about just basketball and racist owners too. Drake. <laughs> Fuck Drake, man. <laughs> you know, I like Drake, really. But we always talk, I was talking to... Except for you, when you watch Toronto Raptors games in I Toronto. I was sitting there looking at him. I was like, what the hell? Does Drake do anything else but watch Raptors games? Speaking, like, speaking of something else that's changed in the last two years since we've been 
doing our podcast. He used to be a Miami Heat fan. Oh, now all of a sudden he's a Toronto fan. Mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, like, I know, like, you know, Spike Lee and Jack Nicholas, that uh, Jack Nicholson, and they, they they go to every game, right? Mm-hmm. But they're damn near like 70 years old, 60, <laughs> 70 years old. They ain't got shit to do. Plus their teams suck. But I mean, I, I, but they made like millions. They've made everything. They're out of the spotlight now, right? But what does Drake have to do besides, you know, go to the studio? You know, bang Rihanna. I don't know. Well, bang whoever, whoever he's banging. I don't know. Maybe just, I don't know, go on tour, dude. That's like, coming up uh, later after the finals, bro. Whatever, whatever. I don't know. It's coming Anyways. this way, too. You know we're all going to go, too. Good old Drake. Yeah, I'm down. Don't Drake and drive if anybody's driving listen to this. Don't Drake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, talk to everybody next week. So next week, big draft issue. We're going to be draft issue. Like I'm gonna draft write episode. A draft episode. It's going to be huge. This is a big draft. This is a big moment for the Celtics. We're going to break that down. Also look ahead to NBA free agency. A lot to look forward to. And we'll break down the NBA playoffs, of course, because that'll still be going on. Check us out again at Causeway Street on Twitter. Oh, look at you. At Causeway Street on Instagram. Uh-huh. And? And Facebook.com backslash Causeway Street Blog. Causeway Street Blog. Yeah. And www.causewaystreetblog.com. And we are out. Peace out. Later, guys.